0: Feel and smell the difference of a luxurious lather for you and your horse with Cowboy Magic's Rosewater Shampoo and Conditioner. These products are pH balanced and contain rosewater, an herbal extract blend of aloe, honey, silk, protein, and panthenol that work together to break down dirt, sweat, and grime. The fast-working rosewater shampoo formula has a double action that allows gentle, full-strength use without damage. The Rosewater Conditioner strips away debris, excess moisture, mineral, or chemical buildup from water, providing a deep conditioning and shine to the coat and skin, leaving your horse looking and smelling beautiful. To purchase, visit your local feed store or CowboyMagic.com.
1: Welcome to Barn Banter by Horse Illustrated, a podcast with something for all horse lovers. I'm Raquel Lynn from Los Angeles.
0: You might know me from my blogs, Horses and Heels or Stable Style. And I'm Susan Friedland from Saddle Seeks Horse. Raquel and I grew up reading Horse Illustrated magazine and riding as much as possible. Today we both write for the magazine and are friends in real life. Join us each month as we do one of our favorite things talk about horses and the horse lifestyle today we have two fun guests on our podcast
1: first we talk with ally buyer a doctor of physical therapy who treats equestrians of all ages and abilities through her practice equipped then we chat with lindsay hunter an equestrian interior designer with an eye for creating timeless spaces and finally we learn about draco this month's adoptable horse
0: Raquel, it's the last month of your pregnancy. This feels very monumental. And for our listeners, um, we think that Raquel is going to be with us for for this episode, but also for our October. Is that right? We're going to try unless she comes early. Um, Hopefully we'll we'll pre-record that. Oh. Yeah, so how are you feeling? Um you're still riding and uh what's new with you with candles and all the things? Yeah, so
1: I am as we're recording this, I'm a month away from my due date. Um so I'm feeling with my birthday good. by yes. the way. Everyone, October 6th, that's a very good day to be born. Count it down to Susan's birthday. Um Yeah, so I'm feeling pretty good overall. I'm only riding maybe a couple days a week and then lots of turnout and hand walking. Um, And I feel really good seat wise when I'm on her. I think it's just more of the awareness that mentally my stomach is so big that I do need a mounting block for getting on and off and I'm very very cautious when I'm getting on and off and luckily Vera is a saint and she just stands there and doesn't move and it's almost like she knows even when I'm on and I'm ready to go she kind of like looks
0: back at me and is like all right are we doing this um so okay so hang on a second hang on a second so do you normally not use a mounting block to get on and off because I Well, I understand getting off on a mounting block might be a little awkward, but I always have to use one to get on,
1: you know, because of my city situation, shall we call it? um, I always start in different parts of the trail. Um, So my mounting block sometimes is a high curb because if I'm mounting on the street and most of the time, yeah, I do actually use them. Um, And you're right. It is awkward getting off with a mounting block, but I've just found that not having to step down so far helps me kind of
0: like transition and balance. Um, Actually, I think you're onto something because my chiropractor told me once that if I could dismount on a mounting block, like that's less, um, jolt or whatever the proper term is for your spine. When you go to yeah. get off, especially my horse is a, a bit taller than yours. Knight is sixteen three, And, um, it's really bad in the winter. If you ride in a place where it gets cold, you understand, but just, um, the toes, know. the frozen yeah. toes. Yes. Yeah. But getting, getting off in general, like can be kind of a, a shock to the system.
1: Yeah. Especially if it's been a long ride and I just feel like I feel good. And then it's like, as I'm getting off, I just have to be very slow and careful because I do feel very
0: aged and it's just <laughs> the pregnant body. Oh uh, my
2: gosh. Yeah.
0: Like the old gray mare, she ain't what she That's used it. to be. Um yeah okay but i bet that when you get home you like to light a stable style candle and kind of just relax and get cozy and um tell us yes. what you're coming up with your candle line for the fall.
1: Yeah so three new holiday scents um which i have never done before so i'm super excited about those um and they're in these really cute tins um and they're a little bit smaller than my other candles. So it's nice. Like if you're thinking about trying all three scents, it's really fun, but we've got a pumpkin spice one. We've got a nice, uh, Christmassy pine one. And then I've got one that kind of smells like salted caramel and like a sugar cookie. Um, and they all have really fun horse names.
0: So are you able to reveal them or is this going to be like, uh, we'll have the big reveal yeah we'll have the big big reveal soon but
1: yeah so that's what I've been working on and you I just every time I look on Instagram you're in a new location um so tell us about your travels
0: lately it was really cool so on our very first episode one of our guests was Shelly Paulson photographer extraordinaire and I've known Shelly for a number of years um and I went to the Minnesota State Fair to uh, peddle my book, Marguerite, Misty and Me. I was a guest of the Saddle Up Clothing Company booth. And long story short, it was about an hour from where Shelly lives. And uh, Shelly has three mares. And so she was kind enough when I basically reached out and said, hey, can I come to your house? (laughs) I want to pet your ponies. (laughs) And she said that would be great. And so it was just really cool. Um, Her one young uh, Morgan that she has, which is this beautiful buckskin, uh, Maisie Joy, I think. I think she has two names. Um, Her goal is that she'll be a briar model horse. And she really could be. She's so beautiful. So I got to meet her and give her... Uh, Peppermint, and then her mare, Fritzie, who's been a cover model for Horse Illustrated. Uh, she's super cute as well. And then um, she has uh, her horse that she's had for 28 years. And the name is escaping me right now. But um, it was just really neat to see her and her, you know, farmette and, uh, you know, talk about horses. So that was neat. And then um, coming up, I was asked to return to Chincoteague to talk about Marguerite Henry and Misty and the legacy. So their a uh, museum of Chincoteague is having me back uh, for fall roundup week. And so I think it is the 28th, I believe of uh, September. It's like that last Wednesday in September, you can go to um, my facebook page saddle seeks horse if you are in the area and would like to do that and then there's a new library opening up and this is really cool so it's called the eastern shore Public library and it's maybe a half hour from chicoteague island and so i'm going to be there with the woman who founded the chicoteague pony drill team and she's bringing a pony she can take the to the library <laughs> so that'll be really special because that's what marguerite Henry would do she would take Misty with her and um make appearances and then um in October I'm going to be at the Thoroughbred Makeover with uh, another podcast guest Sarah Hickner we had on several episodes ago has a horse that she'll be showing there and uh possibly selling and then we're going to have a little vendor booth together and um, have our books. So i have got a lot going on this fall.
1: Yeah, you're very, very busy. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get to our episode. We've got some great guests
0: today. I'm super excited. It's going to be a fun one. Allie Byer, based in Mequon, Wisconsin, is a doctor of physical therapy who treats equestrians of all ages and abilities through her practice equipped she has worked as a horseback riding instructor, clinician, and United States Pony Club examiner and is a graduate B herself. Hi, Allie. It's so good to have you on our show. Thanks for coming.
3: Thanks, Susan. Thank you, Raquel, as well for having me.
0: Yeah. And um, for our listeners, if they go back to their July issue, there is an article in there and um, it's all about... Breathing uh, for equestrians and um, learning how to breathe to improve your connection with your horse. So that's what we're going to talk about in a minute here. But I wanted to start off asking you about. Well, you're not a new mom, um, but you do have. I guess is an eight month old a newborn? I don't. I don't really know when the age for newborn ends. But Raquel is going to be having a baby soon here, so I thought maybe you two could connect on that point, and um, maybe you could tell us about your future. Equestrians,
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like a new mom round two because every <laughs> kid is so different. Um, and they tell you that until I'm like just going like, gosh, this kid is so different than the first. <laughs> and um, so it's, I don't know, I think the biggest thing I can tell you, though, when I had my first daughter, so that was near four years ago, it was like wiping my riding slate clean. When I got back in that saddle, so for better or for worse, like my body was different, and I was mm-hmm. like, "This is the perfect time to edit and improve and get kind of this opportunity to not carry those habits over." And then at the same time, I'm like, "Why can't I do this thing I've always done?" Um, so yeah, for better or worse, it's it's kind of that um, point in the in the journey that you can edit. So. Yeah it's a
1: great way of looking at that caution yeah no for sure because I've still been riding um but maybe just like a couple days a week and I feel really good when I get in the saddle but it's honestly when I get out of the saddle I feel like I'm a hundred years old like after (laughs) I dismount I'm like oh my hips oh this hurts so I'm looking forward to riding post pregnancy but I know it is going to be different
3: the interesting thing, I remember being you after my first baby and Googling like when to return to riding after having a baby. And there's like these kind of scary, dramatic stories of, you know, I'm peeing in the saddle and, you know, I could barely ride and da, 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 and I'm like, ah, so it actually motivated me to partner with a physical therapist who is a public health specialist. And she and I put together like this cool go through at your own pace, like little hour long workshop, um, specifically to get back to the saddle postpartum with like clear, positive, medically guided advice. Like it, I made uh, the guide that I wanted <laughs> when I was you.
0: <laughs> that was really cool. And that's a great segue because you are an accomplished equestrian and, uh, pony club uh is alum the correct word for that I think so yeah absolutely yeah but what's really interesting is you have your doctor in physical therapy and so you work with equestrians to help them and um I was in a training that you did uh I guess last summer last fall an online training and I was just so fascinated by this concept of using breathing really to help you with your riding so let's start off with um why is it important for riders to consider how we breathe when we're around our horses and in the saddle
3: i feel like we all know when we don't breathe like we go ah i know i was just holding my breath or when i ride i hold my breath or at the show i'd get nervous i stop breathing so we all know when we're not doing it well um And by that time, probably so many other cues have come into our awareness, like the horse is nervous or I'm feeling faint, whatever it may be. But I look at it, especially with physical therapy, we're trying to prevent injuries. And, um, you know, especially what I'm doing, it's a lot about the wellness of this person to continue their hobby without pain, without conflict, with more symmetry and harmony. So I made this because I wanted breathing to be, not just the simple air in air out keeps me alive thing. It is absolutely preventative and improving in your performance when you can hone your breathing. So that's that's the motivator for that workshop that I did. But if you think about it, it's also a really easy entry into your posture, like just the biomechanics of how we breathe. Uh, We have to be aware of our rib cage. We have to be aware of our abdominal tone. Um, Our pelvic floor needs to move with breath. So now I'm all of a sudden having this really cool conversation with the interface of the saddle and right on my horse's back. Um, So the more I looked at it, the more I could say to almost every single client I've ever had, there's a way of improving what you're trying to improve with breath. It's, it just has that many roots and trickling up and trickling down, um, influences. So that's the why, like that the why is yes, it keeps you alive and it improves so many things about your biomechanics, um, all at once with just focusing on breath.
0: And then also like, um, I think you even termed it as a a riding aid, that mm-hmm. which cuz you know I think of the aid I think of the seat and the legs and the voice and all of that and it hadn't really occurred to me before about using it as an aid um so maybe you can touch on that a little bit
3: absolutely so a really simple way to think about it is the example of a half halt so if we want our horse to half halt um we could you know steady and stop following in our seat We could apply some gentle shoulder blade pressure within ourselves down and back. We could gently squeeze a ring finger, whatever it may be. Um, We could use a voice cue. So all of those would be uses, uses of the aids we know, but I'll teach people to do a half halt by inhaling through their nose and then exhaling like they're blowing bubbles through a straw. So it's called pursed lip breathing. And, you know, just as you're listening to this, you could make your hand into a fist and create a straw, if you will, that little hole your fist um, has and try blowing into it. And you'll notice when you do that, there's this little bit of core tone. There's this little bit of tension within your abdomen that will slow your seat from following. But that core tension is also telling your horse, hey, I just want a half halt. Like I need you to rock back, engage your core, um, so that's one thing where instead of the riders going, okay, stop my seat, hold my core, shoulder blades down, gentle finger, pr- finger pressure, like you just go, oh, blow bubbles through a straw. Period. <laughs> like that's all you have to focus on. And all those other things just naturally happen. Uh, I'm going to try that next time I ride. You're going to take a bubble. Like <laughs> a real straw.
0: No, I might do my hands because I, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I need the visual like to or not the visual, but the tactile kinesthetic to be able to practice that.
3: And that's the whole point of that workshop, right? Like how many ways we thought about being on the horse and just practiced our breath. Because, you know, when when we were doing things about like breathing right into your right lung to make your horse track right, breathing left into your left lung for your horse to, you know, laterally move left, then some people were like, oh, one side's totally different than the other. At that side's really stiff. I don't even know that I can move there. That's, so that's that's some good fairness, right? Like take care yeah. of ourselves first. So
0: I feel like some of this it's simple, but then also kind of esoteric. And I'm sure if someone um was new to riding, they might be thinking like, what are these people talking about there, but <laughs> be just some kind of easy, quick practices that, uh, people, or maybe not necessarily practice, but an activity that someone could do with their horse to just, um, you know, start thinking about breathing differently, being more conscious about breathing.
3: You know, pretty, a pretty simple thing to do is when you first catch your horse or meet the horse, you're going to ride for your lesson that day, Um, take a minute while you're grooming to just notice their belly moving. Like maybe when you're brushing or putting the saddle on, maybe it'll be really overt. Like the horse takes a big breath, right? Before you do the girth, (laughs) Like just notice their breath and taking that time to go, oh, well, was my belly doing anything while I was breathing just then? And if only to simply have the awareness of breath, will start to change the state of your nervous system So I think we've heard of, you know, horses are flight animals. We can go into states of fight or flight or freeze. And then there's this other state that makes us calm and happy and want to call up our best friend or watch a movie. It's that really peaceful equilibrium place. And the more you find yourself there as a rider, the more the horses are there too. Um, So it's. It's really important, I think, when you're a beginner to have some tools to get out of nervousness and to not feed the flight that is already in the horses around us. Um, so noticing their breath, reminder for me to notice mine. Oh, my horse just, you know, sneezed as I was or coughed was I, as I just picked up the trot. I'm going to take a couple moments to notice where am I breathing? Where do I feel that movement in me? That's cool.
0: And then what about... Um... I know you touched on kind of uh not voice commands but using our voice too and the breathing and kind of um whether we're a little more animated and talking (laughs) and um so maybe you can elaborate on that point a bit
3: yeah yeah well um it's not a surprise it's a a large um pastime that a lot of females participate in and there's the voice of like oh good boy yes 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 oh you're doing great Um, so when we take our voice up like that, it brings more tension into our vocal cord muscles and it brings more of our breath up into our chest, our, um, like where our hearts and our collarbones and our shoulders and neck would be, um, taking all that oxygen up is a place of activating and exciting, or perhaps the horse might interpret that as nervousness. Um, but when we talk lower, slower, like, oh, good boy. Yes, that's right. Well, now to ch- actually change that tone of your voice, you need to drop your oxygen lower into your belly. You might notice your seat bones a little bit more. Um, and that's going to be a little bit more calming to your and the horse's nervous system. So if my horse needs to, is like super lazy, let's say, then by all means, you know, raise that tone. Come on, ah, 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 let's mm-hmm. go. And if my horse is nervous and I'm like, it's okay, it's okay. No, let's find that low voice because it loosens the throat muscles. It drops the oxygen lower and then they can feel that mechanically in you um, by how your muscles are changing in their tone. So yeah, low and slow.
0: Uh, My trainer calls it talk in your man voice. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Well, Allie, this is just great. And before we kind of wind down here, is there anything else you would like to share with us just so that we can be better breathers? And then obviously after that, we want to know all the places where we can find you and see what you're doing, because obviously a good place to start if you have the July issue still would be to check out the article that uh, you've got some great photos in there kind of showing explanations of different exercises. So I guess it was a lot I just said, but um,
3: any gotcha. final
0: thoughts for us? And then where can we find you?
3: Yeah, I guess one thought I, I would love to pass on. Maybe you're a trainer, maybe you're a student. Um, or you're just a horse owner in yourself, just doing your thing with your horse. But um, when we are in communion with other people, if you notice someone else is getting nervous or someone other than you's horse is getting nervous, you can breathe for other beings, <laughs> like as a trainer, um, when I come in and I see a nervous horse or a rider who is struggling, I'll take some deep breaths for them. Like that that can help. It can role model what breathing is like. And next thing I know, you know, the horse takes the breath. And then I go, did you notice that your horse took a breath? Oh, the rider goes, I should breathe. So for all those people who are like, oh, I'm so, so um, frustrated, I wasn't breathing. Tell your trainer. Tell your mom watching you, whoever, like, hey, take some breaths for me. Role model that. Um, And yeah, this is the tip of the iceberg in in the work I do. So it's both in person um, and virtual that I can help riders work on whatever their body problems or questions or areas of improvements are. Um, Or, yeah, just doing some of these just strictly learning workshops. Um, I have a website um, that is rideequipped.com, R-I-D-E-E-Q-U-I-P-T dot com. And then on Instagram, it's also Ride Equipped. And then on Facebook, just Equipped, E-Q-U-I-P-T. Um, so those would be the best places to, to connect and learn more about what I do. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. And um, I learned, I thought
0: that i not that i knew everything but i'm familiar with your work i wrote the article and was in your um class but i didn't realize that about the community aspect of being able to breathe on behalf of others that's very cool
3: okay tell that. your tell your birth team uh with you i need <laughs> you guys to breathe for me today <laughs> when it's yeah. time you just keep exhaling
1: <laughs> no
3: i i know
1: um yeah, def- definitely was thinking about that when you were talking. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, best of health and luck to you uh, in that journey.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Ali. We appreciate it. Take care. Lindsay Hunter combines her enthusiasm for interior design with her passion for the equestrian lifestyle to create intentional, inspirational living spaces for people from all walks of life. Lindsay brings a wealth of knowledge insightful understanding, and elevated scope to every project because she understands why a house should feel less like a building and more like an extension of your life, identity, and passions. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So for our listeners who don't know you, um, you are a passionate uh equestrian and interior decorator. So we're going to be talking about home decor, which I feel like is very timely, um, this time of year, because a lot of people are going to be spending a little more time inside and in their homes. Um, so tell us a little bit about your background and your passion for horses and homes.
4: Yeah, well, I've been a horse girl since I was about four or five. And, um, you know, I tried a lot of different things when I was a kid, I played soccer and ballet. And then my parents said, you know, what what do you want to do? What do you like? And I said, I just want to ride. I don't want to do anything else. Just want to ride. And I've never, ever changed my mind. <laughs> so um, I, I would say I've probably been a designer for the same amount of time. I mean, I used to move furniture around in my grandma's dollhouse and um, just would sit there for hours redecorating and she would help me like re-wallpaper a room in the dollhouse and um so I've been passionate about design and horses for pretty much my entire life Um and for home decor I think it's you know anyone can buy a sofa or a table and kind of put some things together but it's in the decor where we really infuse the personality into a space and really start to see who lives there and what they're passionate about. And so that's what I do for my clients is, um, you know, bring out their passions into their space and help showcase you know what it is that they love and make it feel like it reflects them who they are. So I think that's what's fun about home decor and it's easy to change up and change by the season. And, you know, as we move into fall, Um, changing out some pillows is a really easy thing to do. And, you know, I like to kind of change things like just pillows on my bed. It's a really easy thing to do, but going with a darker color palette starts to feel a little bit cozier, um, which, you know, it feels kind of silly being in Southern California now Mm -hmm. where, you know, we're not, I mean, we say we're moving into fall and winter, but it's not like um, a place that, that really has defined seasons, but So it feels a little funny to say, like, I'm getting ready for winter. Let's get our darker color palette out. But I think that as we move into the colder months, it's natural for us to do some self-reflection, to have some quiet time, to slow down. And so changing out the home decor can kind of help remind us that we're moving into this season and uh, getting cozy, ready for the holidays and, you know, being with family. So anything that can make a house feel cozy, I love blankets, I love candles, you know, things that that just have that cozy vibe.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. Um,
0: I buy <laughs> candles all year round, but doing more candles now for sure. If I could insert here, this is really timely because I'm actually helping my mom do a little bit of uh, interior decorating. So I'm all ears as you're talking about this. <laughs> And uh, she's not an equestrian, but she loves horses and we we don't really have anything um, overly horsey except for small frame photos of me and my horse in my home. So I know you have more questions for her, Raquel, but I just wanted to pop that in there because I want to learn from what you're about to say.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I I (laughs) people that that even if they aren't horse people people are so drawn to horses. There's something really magical about them that draws people in and they're just so majestic. And um, so, I, I mean, I find that people say that a lot to me that e- even if they aren't a horse person or they they say, well, I've never actually ridden or I've ridden a few times in my life. I don't have a horse, but I still like incorporating some horse things into my house. It's just their their majestic qualities just kind of feel good to be around.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of my next question for you. Um so it's it's kind of a two-part thing, but how do, you know, if you are an equestrian, how do you add more, you know, equestrian things to your home without going overboard, you know, and making it look cohesive and um And then I also want to talk to you about just putting in those special pieces, because um, there are a couple of rooms that you redid in your old house, um, your bedroom and your office. And I think for me, the most interesting thing was when you just talked about all of the pieces that you incorporated and their special meaning. Um, So talk a little bit about that.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you've seen my work, you know, I'm, I'm really big on bringing tack into the home. And, you know, because after I lost my mare that I had for 20 years, I had so much of her tack left over and it didn't feel right to leave it in the garage in plastic bins. Um, I, I wanted to see it every day. It, it, um, you know, a halter that just hung on her stall felt more special now that she's gone. And that's all that I have left. So, um, you know, when my dog passed away, when we came home from the vet, all we had was his collar and I walked in the front door and I just hung it on the stair railing and it stayed there for eight years. We never moved it. And every time we went up and down the stairs, it felt like this reminder of like a piece of him is still here. So I brought all that tack in my house sorted through it and kind of figured out what are the special pieces what are the meaningful pieces what has memories because some of it honestly is just kind of junk you know and it needs to be thrown away but there are special pieces where it was connected to a memory or a time in my life with her that i wanted to have in my space every day a daily reminder um i think that you know there are some people that may not have extra tack. And you know you can certainly find vintage pieces. Um, I have a saddle fitter, who is constantly like sourcing saddles and tack and stuff everywhere. And so she'll send me pictures, and she's like, "I just found these old hunt boots, you know, for fifty dollars. Like I feel like someone needs these." And I said, "Just buy them, you know, and I'll figure it out because they're so cool." Um, she had this 1930s Hermes saddle, and she's like, "This is not rideable anymore, but." Someone would want this for decor, you know, so like buy it. We'll figure it out. Um, So there are ways to buy tack and, um, you know, you don't have to have your own. But I think it's much more meaningful to use your own. And especially if it's from a horse that was very special to you. So um, did that answer your question?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and for those who are listening, um, I think we should definitely put links to your bedroom and just, um, everything the show notes, because it's hunter green, it's beautiful. (laughs) Um, you know, just looking back on those photos and I know you've moved, but just, um, you know, it's always fun to just look back on them. And, um, you also had the polo mallets, um, incorporated there. And I think it's, you know, just fun to add unique pieces like that into a room. And, and, you know, some people might not have thought of that.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, I had played polo with her and I fox hunted and we did trail riding and so many different things. So I had all these different pieces of equipment from all the different phases in our lives together. So I yeah. um, wanted to showcase it. And and you mentioned going overboard I mean, I, I think that that's, um, I don't really worry too much about that. I just place items where they feel good. And if my husband walks in and says, wow, this feels like too much horse stuff. <laughs> and I say, well, you know, this is my room. This <laughs> is I mean, that's, it's, it's meaningful to me and it might not be to a horse person. And he might say, I can't handle any more horse stuff in the house, but for me, as a horse person, it's not overboard because all of it feels meaningful to me. So I want to see it all the time.
1: You have actually been um, featured in Horse Illustrated before in the magazine a couple of years ago. Tell us a little bit about that.
4: I have. Yeah, that was my first time being published. So that was a really big deal for me. Uh, I remember reading that magazine a lot when I was a kid and sharing it with people at the barn and reading with my Pony Club friends. And so um, so that was a really big deal. This um, journalist had reached out to me in 2019. You know, I decided that I wanted to focus my business on equestrian design, but I didn't quite know how to let the world know that this was kind of my rebrand, rebranding. And so this journalist reached out to me and asked me if she could interview me for tack Room Design and uh, photographed some of my work and I thought you know this is going to be my big break and really launch my career and let the world know that I'm an equestrian designer and so I had to wait six months for the article to come out which felt like forever and it was the, the April issue of 2020 and so it came out around I think the second week of March and so I remember getting it in the mail and being so excited to see my name in print and my work photographed. And it just felt like, obviously, at that time in the world, nobody was really focused on my article um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my, you know, rebranding and launch my my new career. So that was a little bit of a letdown. but Actually, my last outing before the quarantine was to Barnes and Noble to buy all the last copies that they had on the shelf. And my husband was like, Are you crazy? It's dangerous to leave the house. You know, I mean, because we were shutting down and everyone yeah. was scared to go out. We didn't know what what was going on. And, and I said, You know, I'm willing to risk the elements. I have to get to Barnes and Noble.
3: <laughs> to get
1: my Horse Illustrated <laughs> magazine. My horse
4: illustrated. I bought everything they had. I think they only had like five copies left. And I, like, do you have any more in the back? I'll take everything you have. I just, you know, was so excited to have an article in that magazine. So, yeah, that was that was a really big deal. And even though it, it, uh, it didn't launch my career the way I thought it would, you know, the phone wasn't ringing off the hook during COVID for um, barn design. It's still the really cool feather in my cap. And just, you know, really interesting that it kind of came full circle that this was something that was important to me when I was a kid sitting in a tack room at the barn, sitting on a tack trunk, reading this magazine, and then you know, finally being featured in it. So that was a really, really cool first publication experience.
1: Now, where are some, you mentioned, you know, you have a saddle fitter who helps you find pieces, but for, you know, listeners who want to shop and maybe they don't have you know, a lot of horse stuff, maybe they want a lamp or maybe they want, you know, certain accessories, where would you tell them to go and start looking for these things?
4: I've connected with a lot of people on Instagram, found a lot of small businesses there. And that's been really amazing. I like supporting the small businesses. Um, there's a company called, um, shop the polo house and they're a really great source for little trinkets and, um, Uh, just like old helmets or you know that are still decor worthy Um, I've shopped
0: from there before I got a beautiful box hunt um, kind of like cross stitch I think
4: Um, it's a a one-of-a-kind
0: beautiful so cool so yeah I recommend that
4: (laughs) yeah thank you yeah no they're they're great and they I mean they just like they go to all these estate sales and just find really interesting things like trophies and Um, I like, um, cherish is a, is a good one for antiques. I found this helmet, this hunt helmet, I think it might've been $30 and it was so tiny. I don't know whose head this fit, but it was probably from like the twenties or something. And it just, it's a great little thing to put on a shelf. Um, cherish polo house, heart equestrian is great for prints. Um, there's this tack store in California and San Inez, north of Santa Barbara called mindful horse. And they've got great like fashion and tack and accessories, but mostly it's just connecting with small business owners on Instagram. That's how I found polo house. People like that. I'm just following them. And then I find out they have an Etsy shop and that's how they're selling things. And I like supporting those kind of businesses.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. I also love that you mentioned the helmets too, because I saved a couple of my old helmets from when I used to write English and, you know, they're definitely not safe anymore. Would not be considered really safe because right? they don't have a, the <laughs> chin strap and it's like the old, you know, mm-hmm. very thin, um, you know, small hunt I cap. I think they were just
4: have, for looks. Like, yeah. I don't think they would protect your head at all. No. Um, <laughs> they looked good though.
1: Yeah. And they look beautiful sitting on my shelf now, too. So I love that. Yeah, Just
4: put it on top of a stack of books and, you know, easy.
1: Yeah. What are some other pieces that you would suggest besides, you know, most people are going to think of the artwork and think of getting equestrian art, or maybe they're going to, you know, frame photos of them and their horse. Um, But what are some other smaller um, accessories that you could recommend putting in your home?
4: Well, you know, it doesn't always have to be so literal, like it has to be a horse. I mean, if you use something like a tartan blanket and a leather basket, that feels English um, and it doesn't have to have a bit on it or a horse. And that's how I think you can kind of balance, you know, if you have this feeling of I might be overdoing it with all the horse stuff. If you have horse accessories and art and all that, adding in those other pieces that still feel equestrian, Mm-hmm. It, it will help balance it. That's why, I i mean, I can't have enough tartan blankets, leather pieces. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I incorporate a lot of leather. That feels very equestrian.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you have a favorite room that you like to decorate? Like when someone asks you to do a project, um, is there one room that kind of speaks to you more than the others?
4: Not really. It's, it's really about like how they want to use the space. And um, I mean, it it doesn't really matter to me if it's a bedroom or a living room, if it's something where they say, you know, this is really important to me. This is why I want, I mean, I always want to understand why they want to renovate or redecorate that room because sometimes they just say, well, this furniture is just tired and I want something new, but I need to draw more out of them and get more information to find out what's really driving you to do this. Why now? And then sometimes it's It's um, about, you know, this doesn't function for my family anymore because something has changed. Someone has moved into my house, an elderly parent or something where something has changed and it doesn't function anymore. And so it doesn't really matter to me what room it is um, as long as I have an understanding of, you know, why they're passionate about redoing the space at this moment in their lives. Um, I think that dining rooms are fun because whenever we're talking about them and kitchens too, I love doing kitchens. People are talking about, they're starting to visualize the Thanksgiving dinner that they're going to have there, the Christmas dinner. And it's funny because you can talk about this in March or whatever, anytime of the year. And they're starting to think about the Thanksgiving dinner. You know, I did a kitchen Mm -hmm. recently where we were looking at this stove and it didn't have a double oven. And that was something that was really important to her when I un- finally understood why it was all around Thanksgiving dinner. She just wanted this stove just for Thanksgiving dinner. And I said, so you're going to spend this money and we're going to design the kitchen around this stove because of one dinner a year. She's like, yes. You know, <laughs> so it um, I, I think that's kind of where dining rooms can be fun, because you start to visualize uh What's going to happen there? It's always a family event and something that's, you know, kind of has some excitement around it, whereas a living room might be, you know, or a bedroom is sort of um, your sanctuary and quiet space. And so every room has kind of a different energy. Yeah, but. No, oh, that's great.
1: Well, tell us, um, are there any exciting projects that you're working on right now? Um, and I know that you also have a new business uh, venture that you recently launched. So tell us a little bit about that too.
4: Yeah, I just don't, I I don't uh, have enough spare time um, in my life to sit around with that. I, I just I, like create new projects, you know, because I don't have enough to do. i um, <laughs> yeah, just run a design business and my home decor shop, and I moved from Nashville to San Diego last year. And so, as a designer, my business is mostly referral based. And so moving to a new area, you know, i'm I'm from California, but I've never lived in San Diego. So I had no contacts here, and um it was essentially like completely starting over with my business. So, still have ongoing projects in nashville i've been traveling back and forth but um i started going to networking events and trying to find my equestrian community and i kept asking people you know where are the equestrian realtors the builders all these people that work in this building industry and i was meeting people but not at networking events and i just decided to create my own so i Called all the top realtors, builders, architects, landscape architects, anyone who works in the equestrian building industry, and invited them to a party. And um, everyone loved it. Everyone said, "This is great. You know, we've we've been here for years. We've always wanted to connect with these people. We've never had the opportunity. And so it it kind of gives us a space to uh, form relationships and work together and." you know, kind of build some teams so that we can come into projects already knowing we've got teams in place that work really well together, refer business to each other, support each other. And then I created a magazine to go with that, that kind of talks about everyone's business. And so it's sort of like a directory, you know, resource guide. And um, so, yeah, that was a, that was a big hit. Everybody really liked it. And so now I'm working on planning the next event for the fall.
1: That's amazing. And that's the Luxury Equestrian Network, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Well, we are going to go ahead and put that link in our show notes. And also for listeners, um, let them know where can they find you
4: online? Oh, so many places. (laughs) Uh, LindsayHunterDesign.com and LindsayHunterDesign on Instagram is uh, where that's kind of my main hub. That's my main business. And then from that website, you can get to the network and the shop. The shop is ModernEquestrianShop.com and LuxuryEquestrianNetwork.com is the, the community.
1: Amazing. Well, we'll put those links for everyone. And thank you so much, Lindsay, for being here with us today. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Regardless of where you live, higher temperatures may lead to summer itches, skin sensitivities, or irritations for your livestock and pets. Main & Tail Protect Antimicrobial Medicated Shampoo and Wound Spray offers your animals the solutions needed when facing wounds and skin problems. Made with a deep-penetrating dual-action pH balance formula, these products allow quick easy cleaning, and disinfecting of minor cuts, scrapes, and sores to help keep your horse's skin looking and feeling healthier. Mane and Tails' Protect Shampoo and Wound Spray kills a wide range of microorganisms, including yeast, bacteria, mold, fungi, rain rot, hot spots, skin rashes, and our true veterinarian strength antimicrobial products, leading to faster results. To purchase, visit your local feed store, Tractor Supply, or purchase online at mainandtailequine.com.
0: Banter with us. We want to hear from you. Share your topic ideas with us. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram at saddleseekshorse and Raquel at horsesandheels with the little underscore. Don't be shy. Show us some barn banter love by leaving a review. And you can tell all your friends, too. Horse Illustrated can be found at horseillustrated.com.
1: For special discounts on Horse Illustrated and Young Rider, just for podcast listeners, visit horseillustrated.com slash barn banter. The ASPCA's Right Horse Program brings us this month's adoptable horse, Draco, a stunning Palomino gelding. Today we are chatting with Susanna Johnson from the Heart of Phoenix in Shoals, West Virginia. Hi, Susanna. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Hi there. So this month we are talking about a beautiful Palomino gelding named Draco, and he's our adoptable
0: horse. Can I just, you? T- I, I'm sorry. I'm so excited looking at this picture. I have to interrupt. He <laughs> looks like a Barbie dream horse. He's quite pretty, isn't he?
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Tell us. So tell us a little bit about him. So Draco is what we call an Appalachian Brumby. And that's a um, term that was coined by one of our trainers and our Appalachian trainer face off to describe the feral mine horses that we get off of mine sites sometimes. We usually don't know the breeding on those unless somebody adopts them and does a DNA test. So we just, we call them Appalachian Brumbies because by definition, a Brumby is a horse that is generationally feral and um, Guy McLean from Australia said that was perfectly appropriate for us to use that name. And he's a 2018. We have had him since May of 2021. And when we got him, he was unhandled and untouched. Um, He's a very tall seeming 14.2 hands. He is one of the fanciest moving horses that we've ever had come through the rescue. I don't know why somebody hasn't snapped him up to turn him into a show horse because he is a fancy fella.
1: Yeah, he looks it. I mean, you guys have to go look at the photos. Um, The
2: mane is gorgeous.
0: It's totally Fabio and his those extra long
2: stockings. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got some really pretty stockings.
1: Now, tell us a little bit about what level of rider would be a good fit for him.
2: He needs a confidence advanced rider. He, he, um, somebody who was not confident on him would in turn make him not confident, and that wouldn't go over very well. But if he has a confident advanced rider on him, he is so brave. When he competed in the Appalachian trainer face-off, there's always a water obstacle. And he was the only horse that year that actually crossed through the water obstacle without even having to have a redo or rearing up or trying to leap it or snorting. He just went right through it. So he needs a confident advanced rider who can kind of ride what we call a ready potato status. You have to ride like you're not worried about a thing in the world but then be ready to give him some reassurance when he needs it. Not my kind of horse. I'm not a ready, ready potato type <laughs> of rider, but there are lots of people that are great at it. Not me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he's a great age too, you know, yeah. for someone who's looking for, you know, that horse of a lifetime to just grow and bond with and learn, you know, he's ready for you to ride, like you said, with, with confidence. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: But Yeah, I think he would be a great horse. Um, For anyone who is interested in learning how to adopt him, how do they apply? How can they meet him?
2: Well, they put in an application which can be found at um, wvhorserescue.org, or they can text our HOP telephone number, and I will send them the link, which is 304 962 seven seven six one or they can private message the heart of phoenix facebook page there's all kinds of ways that they can figure out how to get in touch with him
1: amazing yeah you guys don't want to miss this horse if you're looking for a show horse uh you know a fancy gelding um think draco is is your horse
2: He's the kind of fellow that needs to be played with fairly regularly though. You can't just throw him out in a pasture and go get him in five weeks and think it's going to be okay. He he's the everyday hobby kind of a horse.
1: Yeah, that, that makes sense. His age and everything. He just probably needs, um, you know, a lot more work than some of those horses that can just sit in the pasture and then go out for a ride.
2: Right. He's not like your 17 year old fella who's been there and done all of that. And now he's ready for a little rest. This guy's ready to go.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Susanna, for joining us today. We will put um, his link for adoption in our show notes. And I hope he finds an amazing home and someone snatches this guy up.
2: Well, thank you for spreading out the audience for him. Maybe we, if we throw out the wide the net wider, we can catch his right person
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Susanna.
2: Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to our show. See you next month.